0: Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast, a convenient place where you can stay up-to-date on what's popular in the swine industry. By listening to Popular Pig, you will receive invaluable information on the latest trends, news, and research from various experts that guide the global pork industry. Popular Pig is brought to you by sponsors like Johnsonville Foods, SwineWeb.com, Swine Robotics, Innovative Heating, the manufacturers of Hoghearth. And SwineTech, the award-winning creator of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how you can reduce piglet crushing and your overall pre-winning mortalities by nearly 25%, visit swinetechnologies.com.
1: Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. My name is Matthew Rota, your host for today's episode. Today we're going to talk about the Modern Family Farm with Mr. Dave DeBries. How are you doing today, Dave? I'm doing great. How are you, Matthew? Doing wonderful, and it's great to have you on the popular pig podcast. Uh, I guess, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Drayton, Ontario, Canada. How's everything up in Canada? Uh, The sun's
2: shining. It's uh, it's a reasonably warm day for November. I think it's about 8 degrees Celsius out there, so uh, we'll take it.
1: We're also, I'm calling from Iowa, and we're, we're having a little bit better weather than usual as well. It's about uh, about in the 50s and 60s, which is pretty uncharacteristic. So that's nice. Would, uh, I guess to jump things off, if you wouldn't mind, would you tell us how you got involved with the swine industry? Sure. Um,
2: I guess you could say I won the genetic lottery. was born into it, I guess, as some people would say, good or bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I live on the farm where I was born. Uh, my family uh, came from the Netherlands. In 1956, my dad's family came. And Immigrated to this area. Uh, The farm I live on was purchased by my family in the 1960s. So I'd be the third generation farmer. Um, uh, So yeah, I guess I was born here, grew up here. Uh, My dad died in 97 when I was 14 uh, from cancer. So an uncle and some cousins took over for five years till I was old enough to run it. So when I was 19, uh, I took over and I've been running the farm here ever since on my own.
1: A big part of this topic today being the modern family farm is talking through how things have changed throughout the generations. But one thing we really want to focus on is the importance of involvement in agriculture from a young age. And so I'd like to kick things off by talking about what things as a child prepared you to take over the family farm at such a young age?
2: That's, that's a good question. Um, I don't know if it was planned, obviously, or it wasn't planned, but my parents take over at such a young age. But I mean, I always remember having a lot of interest in farming. Uh, I've always known, looking back at old books and, and things from being a kid, it always said, oh, I wanted to be a farmer. I wanted to do this. And, and, and so I'm living out my dream. Um, but some of the things I think was just helping out in the barn, uh, being excited to go out and, and hang out with my dad and ride in the tractor, feed pigs and just do whatever I could. Um, I remember in 94, we ran out all the barns and that left a lot of memories for me. And it made me really excited uh, to be able to go to the barn. And ever since then, actually, in 1994, I was in grade six, I believe, if I remember correctly. I've been going to the barn every morning and night to do chores. Since that time, and I guess that was a bit of a turning point for me if I look back, that it was just that excitement of a new barn and my dad was reinvesting and he, he really showed a lot of excitement for the future, that there was a future. And I think at that age already, I kind of saw that and felt that, hey, this is something I, I really enjoy. Let's, let's go with it and I'll do whatever I can do to help. And I think that is probably one of the big things that, that as a child prepared me for it.
1: So as you were growing up, before you took over the farm, what did the farm look like? Uh, so prior to 94, it was about 150 sows fair to finish.
2: Uh, barns built in the 70s. Uh, it was older. Dad always kept things up. 100-acre um, farm, grew grew some of our grains, bought a lot of corn in and soy for feed, made our own feed on farm with a tractor and mixed mill. Uh, pretty typical farm for this area. Uh, that in 94, he renoed two of the barns uh, and went up to below sales fair to finish um, and basically ran that uh, until he passed. And I kept running that until uh, 2018 when I took over at, at, in 2002. I built a new finishing barn or I replaced a finishing barn, tore down the existing barn that was there and built a new finishing barn in 06. And, uh, and then in 2018, we rebuilt the sow barns and, and went up to 360 sows. Uh, the land base, we have the 100 acres here. Uh, I also own a second farm about a half an hour away, another 100 acres. And on that site as well, there's actually more hog barns that I have rented out currently. Uh, just wasn't quite ready to manage both sites. But uh, the, it was an investment we made and, and we're kind of
1: rolling with it for now um so what yeah. uh what what things about the swine industry a couple of years ago made you confident in its future and it encouraged you to decide to reinvest into building another farm
2: i guess pork has always been and just continues to be popular um people love pork it seems bacon loins chops It just such a versatile meat it's such an efficient protein to grow um I guess I just felt there still had to be a future in it. I mean, you can listen to the negativity from the the loud minority of people out there that that always have opinions, but it seems that it seems the pork still seems to get eaten, the demand the is there. Uh, we've been on the RWA or a race without antibiotics program since twenty seventeen. And the contract I had at the time really helped too, to encourage me to to reinvest. Uh, I was able to get a longer term contract, so that helped. Um, and as we were looking for investment on the farm, it just, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to turn around, keep working in an old barn and even to buy land at the prices right now. It just did not pencil. I couldn't make it pencil. It, we felt that the first step was simply to, to reinvest in a barn, increase cash flow that way, and then in the future look for land and uh, other expansion opportunities then.
1: So what made you choose 360? You said you, you expand to 360 sows and it's family operation. Uh, what, what was right about 360? My wife and I were talking about this last night. We couldn't even really remember 100%. Um,
2: I think part of it, uh, when we did the math on it, it would produce approximately a trailer load of hogs every week. So we felt that we could make ourselves efficient in one way. It would be to have low-cost trucking. Uh, be able to have a wash truck come in, a tractor trailer, and load it every week. Um, it wasn't so much about feed. I mean, we have limited land base here. We're purchasing feed either way. Uh, it also it gave us an increase to in, uh, an increase of production to increase our cash flow to cover the new debt from building the barn. I think that was probably one of the biggest reasons too to go up to three hundred and sixty. And we felt we could also manage that with our family labor. Uh, with some efficiencies built in
1: so speaking of efficiencies what were some of the technologies when you decided to kind of reinvest in the in the barns what were some of the technologies that you adopted and what things did you decide not to automate and why uh some technologies we we adopted or some of the setup we did for efficiency
2: uh with our gestation we did floor feeding we have large pen groups uh the static group, I believe that would be the group that stays together. Uh, We do floor feeding. Uh, We feed them six times a day. It's very simple. It's low management requirements, no training involved. Uh, Another thing we did was with the nurseries and we have grower rooms. Um, We did large open rooms just for easy moving of pigs, uh, faster washing, uh, just all about time management and just doing the most we could with, with what we had um the temperature control we use in the barn uh, has online access it also controls all the feed augers the lights um the, it it runs the whole barn basically and i can access it all from my phone uh just for accessibility uh, another thing we did was we did all full hot water heating we have natural gas available at the barn for heating so we tried to use hot water wherever we could for all the room heat and the fairing crates have uh, hot water pads for the piglets. We didn't use any heat lamps, uh, just found efficiencies that way. Another thing we invested in, but this was ready in 2014. Uh, we had bought a robotic washer or other words, we call him Ron, Ron, the robot. Um, there's actually a funny story behind that name, but, uh, my, I'd always said we wanted, uh, I'd always wanted a kid named Ron, and my wife said, not a chance. So she said, you can name your robot, Ron. <laughs> so it stuck. Uh, and that's been a huge help, uh, especially with the RWA program and the importance of cleanliness and hygiene in the pig barn. Uh, it just saves me a lot of time. And with, with only relying on family labor, that, that makes a big difference. Uh, some things that we didn't automate, uh, we hummed and hawed a lot about the nurse, nursing sow feeding whether to do drops or some sort of automatic feeding for them, but we opted not to. I always enjoy feeding sows. I like to see what I'm doing, see how the sows are doing. But it also, it also was in the back of our mind that our kids, we have four sons, uh, six, four, and we have a set of twins, actually, that were just born in March, uh, that they need some jobs to do if they want to come to the barn. So we felt that was one thing that they could do. That was one of the first jobs I did as a kid was feed the nurse sows. So that was part of the reason for that. The other thing was uh, scraping crates. We could have put the, uh, the drop holes in the back of the fairing crates for cleaning out easily. But that was another job we thought, no, we're not going to do that because that's a job our kids can do. And it's very simple. And that was part of it was just to allow roles for our kids to step up if they so desired to, to be able to fill that role and, and to do a chore.
1: So what family, kind of speaking of family and your kids' involvement, what what role does your family hold in day-to-day operations? And what does a normal day look like for uh, uh, someone on your farm? (laughs) Um,
2: I'm pretty much the sole person in the barn uh, most of the time. My wife with with the twins being born in March, uh, she's fairly busy with that. She takes care of all the bookkeeping for the farm as well in the office. She's also a part-time teacher. Right now she's on maternity leave. Uh, but she also teaches in our local local primary school where our kids go. Um, our oldest, the six-year-old, I'd say he comes out to the barn probably three nights a week after school. Um, we're not at the age yet where they're expected to, but they're always welcome to if there's a job to do. Uh, he helps every week or every other week, sorry, when we wean. We do a batch every two weeks. So he comes out uh, in the morning before school and helps wean sows and move the piglets out into the nursery. He also helps me empty a nursery room every other week uh, with that job. So there's a few things he he's expected to do, but obviously <laughs> we don't force him to. But yeah, no, he's he's a huge help. The four-year-old, he loves to come out. Same thing. He'll help with whatever is needed. We also have a young uh, grade eight uh, kid that is from down the road that comes uh, every night after school for a couple hours just to kind of help with a few other jobs. Uh, typical day for me. Yeah, start. Start around 5 or 5.30 in the morning, you know, go out to the barn, go through all the rooms and, and feed what needs to be fed and do any breeding, take care of litters and, you know, get in for breakfast and have breakfast with the family uh, before the, everyone heads off. Um, right now with COVID, we're bringing our kids to school. It's about a four minute drive to their school. We're pretty close. So that's usually a job I do then after breakfast. I run the two older boys in, head back to the barn and, you know, and that's, yeah, that's just such a huge benefit of of being we living where we farm and and having a family farm like this is that I can come and go as I please, and my kids can be so involved uh, in the day to day operation.
1: Before we had, uh, I guess, hopped on this call about a week ago, we kind of talked to kind of think about what what would make sense to share with everybody listening right now, and one of the things came up was the impact of growing up on a farm. Uh, the impact that has on children. I, I can look back at myself growing up, and just the opportunity to come home from school and and hold the responsibility of making sure various finishers were vaccinated, or that farms were washed and ready for for new pigs to come in. Uh, it teaches you something. It teaches you responsibility. I'm, I'm curious, from your perspective, what what is that impact of growing up on a farm? What are the What are the things that? What's the impact it has on kids? My wife and I talked about this
2: one last night too. Um, with kids at our age, we're obviously not to that point yet where they're respected, expected to be in the barn after school or that they have certain responsibilities to keep, but they're definitely a help. But one big impact that we talked about was just the fact that they know what their dad or mom do at home on the farm every day. They see it, they live it, they're involved in it. So many kids that don't have the opportunity to live on a farm They don't always know what their parent does when they leave home in the morning or come home later in the day. They don't know what they've done all day or what their job exactly is. I just think that's such a blessing that our boys, they know what's going on. They're excited. Um, They'll learn responsibility. I mean, as they get older, they seem to have a real drive already just to to be involved and to help wherever they can. It definitely teaches them work ethic. Um, Looking back on my own life growing up, how much that was taught to me i remember even in my high school days and and shortly after when you know i I always said it kept me out of trouble i I always knew i had to get up in the morning for chores and and it just it kept you in the back of your mind that you had responsibilities and i think that's such an important thing to learn early on um it definitely sets you up for success
1: yeah it's funny as a kid growing up uh I was kind of rambunctious and uh, my parents throw a thing I said to him when I was little back at me all the time. Uh, I'd always see my dad going to the farm, was able to go there, maybe sitting the, uh, in the feed bucket as he's pushing around or pull, trying to scrape poop from behind sows. But uh, someone asked like, where, where does money come from? And I said, well, my, my dad goes to work to get money and my mom goes to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> my mom was a teacher but i was young enough i didn't see her in that role yet and it's, it's so true it's I had, I had connected that money comes from farming and i don't know where my mom gets it other than the bank <laughs> <laughs> well they, that's the basics of it really
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: that's uh, so my poor mom uh, she wasn't given enough credit from the three-year-old <laughs> at the time but uh, she, she had a much bigger impact than i gave her credit then uh, what what is your outlook on the industry uh today and and what do you think you foresee in its future oh boy that's a tough one with everything going
2: on in the summer we've had with the with the packing issues and and covid i still have a fairly positive outlook on the industry people love pork um i just yeah it, it's so up and down to make a forecast or an uh, opinion of what's what's going to happen i mean we'd we're all watching what China is doing. That's such a huge role in in the marketing side. I mean, we look right now at our feed costs and, and what's that going to do. Um, but I definitely still feel that the pork industry is still, it's still, there's still opportunity. There's, there's growth still, I think possible growth. I mean, people need
1: to eat and, uh, and, And what better to eat than a a great pork product? Yeah, I think bacon holds the best reputation of any food in the world, even beyond steak and everything else. So A hundred percent. At least we have that to cling on to. We got the LeBron James of food. That's right. (laughs) Um, Would you be able to, I guess, share a golden nugget of yours with people listening? Well, (laughs) a golden nugget of ours. Um, A friend of mine and I
2: often say to each other that it's so important, and we always say we did it, is to read the memo. Now, reading the memo to us was when we were dating, to know, to know something about our, our future wives that, that is so important in the family farm is that they, they have buy-in, and they're excited about it too because I know for us and for me here, if it wasn't for my wife Lauren, I don't know what I would do or how that would ever work um, and the support that a wife or a spouse or a partner has on a family farm be it hours required the dedication you're never you know living where you work you're never off you can't clock out it's you know there's so many things that sometimes you end up missing and I just think that it's so important if for, for young farmers and for people you know getting into the industry if this is something you want to do you better have the buy-in from the other half um it's so, I don't know, I, maybe it's not, maybe it's said lots, maybe it's not said enough, but to me, that's probably one of the biggest things that I've learned over the years. And I'm so blessed to have a wife that I do and that, uh, and supports me. And, and, and there's such a huge help here on the farm to, uh, to make it successful.
1: I really appreciate you sharing that. And, and yeah, I hear it echoed from so many people at that, that buying is so important. I, I really appreciate you joining us on the Popular Pig Podcast. I, this has been a great opportunity to speak with you and learn about your operations and, and just get some insight into what the modern family farm looks like. I mean, it's not as common anymore, especially here in Iowa. And so it's really great to, to hear your story. Great. No, I appreciate it. It was fun.
0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Popular Pig. We aspire to learn and grow together through the experience and wisdom shared by our esteemed guests. Therefore, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues within the swine industry. For more information, please go to popularpig.com and subscribe to receive updates when new episodes are available. Today's episode is brought to you by sponsors like SwineTech. Leverage the power of computer vision, voice recognition, and real-time behavioral monitoring to reduce mortalities and labor inefficiencies in the Farrowing House. For more information, visit swinetechnologies.com.